would ask you to uh, open your Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew. We're going to start in the third. Oh, before. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Children's Church. Uh, children ages 4 to 13, you are free to go. I see Becky to my left here. I see Beverly and Rod to my right. Uh, they'll direct you to the uh, age-appropriate class. Thank you. Matthew chapter 3. Uh, I'm going to start in the 13th verse, read on through the 17th verse. And uh, it reads, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan, to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, let it be so now for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized immediately, he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Now, it says here, Jesus traveled from Galilee to be baptized of John in the Jordan River. And... Uh, we just read it. John balks at it at first, but Jesus said, this has to go. We need to fulfill all righteousness here. So suffer it to be so, and he did. Now, there is an interesting dynamic here that, is an, that leads to an important doctrine, a Christian doctrine, called the Trinity, the triune person of God. And I want to talk about that this morning, the triune God, uh, because I want, I feel it's important for us to share God as he has revealed himself to us, right? There are many thoughts about who God is, what God is, and so forth, uh, how many gods there are, you know, uh, and, and the Bible says there is one God and one Savior be Jesus Christ, all right? But here, let's look at this. John is baptizing Jesus, and let's see what he sees here. Jesus comes to be baptized of him. When Jesus comes up from the water, behold, the heavens are opened up to him, and he saw the Spirit descending on the dove. So we have Jesus, the Son of God. We have the Spirit of God descending upon him, and we have a voice of God speaking from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. So we have the triune person of God all illustrated here in this one scene. Parts of God is a mystery. Some things we don't understand uh, uh, fully, but the God, God's word uh, is truth. And so, the Father's Word identified Jesus as Messiah and humble servant who obeys his Father.
I'm going to, uh, I want you to go to John, uh, Genesis chapter 1 and show that God has always existed as the Holy Trinity of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we're going to go through some scriptures today that uh, illustrate that. While God is one, and there are three persons that are inseparable, we must distinguish the three personalities of the triune God. And it says in Genesis 1, at the very beginning, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then it goes on to say in verse 26 and 27, I'm going to read those right away. Then God said, let us make man in our image. Let us make man in our image. In the first verse, in the beginning, God created the word there is Elohim, right? Which, which speaks of plurality. It's not, it's, it's one person, but there are three in one. And I guess I, I was searching, racking my brain for an illustration of how that, of how that can make sense. And I've heard it over the years about the egg. There's the shell, the yolk, and the egg white. And yet, but all of it is one egg, right? It, it, but I guess what I'm going to choose today is just use us as people as a, an example. I'll use myself. I'm just one man, right? But in this one man, I'm a, I'm a son. I'm a husband. I'm a father. And I'm a brother. Right? All, all those things. All those are different roles. Yet, I'm the same person. Right? And so, we have God the Father, we have God the Son, we have God the Holy Spirit, three in one. And I could also say, we have a spirit, right? We're a spirit. We have a soul, and we live in a body. We are created in the image of our God. Right? And so... And that's what it says here in verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. You know, uh, this isn't the message, but I feel led to go ahead and say this right now. Uh, we need to make sure that as Christians, we are reminding ourselves to read the original creation account and, and, and how God made things and, and how they were supposed to be at the very beginning, right? We, it's easy for us to get caught up and lost in what's wrong with the world and all the, uh, all the issues of the world and everything, Right. But for those of us who are people of faith, we need to remind ourselves what things were, how things were originally created. Because he's going to make he's going to renew all things. The way things are right now is not going to be what they always will be. And so we look for the redemption of all things. 
the restoration, the renewal of all things. We look for a return to that harmony, to that oneness, to that perfect communion with God that was created at the very beginning, before the fall of man. Right? So our story began before the fall. And our story will outlive the fall. Amen? Through the redemption of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Right? So, but you, I don't care what you think you see when you look in the mirror, you were created in the image of God. I don't care what people tell you out there. You can have a lot of haters. Your comments on social media might get a lot of unlikes. Do they still have unlikes? Whatever. You might get a lot of trolls. You might be ostracized. You might be isolated. You may get every indication from other people that they don't appreciate who you are. They don't value what you represent, right? And that everything in the world is wrong about you. But I want you to know that it doesn't matter what people think of your appearance, of of your dress, of what you do for a living, of where you live, that you were created in the image of God and that God loves you and that God sent his son to die for you. He values you. He treasures you. He loves you. He created you in his image. Right? And there's, as a father, there's, there, there, there's little more that will swell uh, my heart than to see my little ones that bear the mark of my lineage. You can tell. People tell my daughters, oh, yeah, I know who your dad is. You look just like your dad, and I have to tell them that they don't mean anything. They don't mean any offense, y'all. They can tell your mind, but you look a lot better than I do. Praise God. But we're created in the image of God, and when we do those, but when we do those word studies, and we and we see the translation of "in the beginning, God," you know, it's a worthwhile study for you to dig deep and see the words that were translated God so that you can discover a little bit more about how God has revealed himself here, right? You don't see the word Trinity in the Bible, and a lot of people have a problem with that, you know? But my counter to that is you don't see the word patriotism in the Bible either. You don't see the word abortion. You don't see the word homosexuality. You don't see a lot of things. That don't mean the Bible doesn't have something to say about it. Right? You know, uh, this is not a message about that, but, you know, homosexuality is not in the Bible. That's, a, that, that, that's, a, that's been uh, something that's been used to trick people, uh, trip people up. But what does the Bible have to say about that? So, well, man shall not lay with man as he does with womankind. I believe it's pretty spelled out right there. We get the gist. Right? So, we don't, I said that to say this, we don't have to, have the word that is in common vernacular today. We don't have to have that word spelled out in the Bible in order for it to be biblical truth. And so we have scriptures that make it clear, right, the the, the triune person of God. And so uh, we're going to go on with that. Uh, Leaving Genesis chapter 1, we're going to go to John chapter 1. So the word God, and we could have gone, trust me, 
God was kind to y'all because I could have easily read all those verses instead of skipping from verse 1 to, of Genesis 1 to verses 26 and 27. But again, that word uh, Elohim, hints at the Trinity of God. Uh, John chapter 1, we'll start, we'll do the first five verses first. It says, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. So while it's saying the Word, and the Word is capitalized, it's also letting you know that this Word who was God and who was with God is a person. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Skip down to verses uh, 14 to 16. And it bottom lines it for us. And the word became flesh. That which is God, that which was with God in the beginning, became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John, remember Matthew chapter 3, we started off with that. John bore witness about him and cried out, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. And from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. This, this stuff can be confusing to wrap your mind around. It's like, well, Jesus was born after John was born. So he that comes after me is before me because he was before me. How does someone who came after you, how can he be before you? Well, it goes back to the fact that Jesus is God come in the flesh. He was with God in the beginning before creation. Everything created in this world was created through him. Scripture even says, even points it out, that he is before Moses. Before Melchizedek. He existed before Adam. He existed before the creation account in Genesis chapter 1. In the very beginning, Jesus existed. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory as of the only son from the father. God the Father and the Son, full of grace 
and truth. And let's take a look at John's account of that baptism. I'm going to fill in a couple of gaps here. John was out baptizing. The Pharisees had sent some people to ask him who he was. They wanted to know what gave him the authority to do what he was doing. Are you Elijah? Who are you? Are you the prophet? Who do you claim to be? And he says, no, I'm not any of those guys. I'm uh, I'm here to baptize with water, but there is one coming after me who will baptize with the spirit and fire. And then we pick it up at verse 29 where it says the next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me because he was before me. I myself did not know him. God didn't tell him who the Messiah was. I I myself did not know who he was. But for this purpose I came baptizing with water, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness. I saw, here here, here comes an illustration of the, the triuneness of God. I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him, the Son. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize the Father, With water said to me, he on whom you see the spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. Uh, I don't need to really uh, do a whole lot of elaboration. I'll let the scripture speak for itself. And This message is going to be an uncharacteristically short one. I know y'all are going to be disappointed by that. Because this this is really, uh, I feel like the point that really God wants to make here, uh, he really wants to reveal this aspect of himself. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three in one. Titus chapter 3, verses 4 to 6. And I think this will probably help some people because I don't know if this is still as much of an issue as it was uh, in my younger days uh, in battling whether or not the, uh, the doctrine of the Trinity was biblical or not. Um, but it may help to um, settle some things uh, in your your faith regarding the Lord, give you a, a little bit more insight into what God has said about himself. And we're going to be doing this over the next few weeks. We're going to be talking about the attributes of God and, 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 and the salvation of God and, 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 and what that all means. We're just going to, 
we're, we're basically going to basics, and we're going to build on that. So right now, uh, uh, I could have combined uh, some more attributes uh, of God to this, but I'm going to let this stand on its own today, uh, for better or worse. But Titus chapter 3, verses 4 to 6 say, But when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. You know, you've heard me say before that, you know, a lot of times we want to have great faith and, and we, we want to believe that we can achieve stuff and do it. And, 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 and someone like that who has great resolve and has, has the ability to believe despite negative circumstances that might cause doubt and fear and concern that make a lot of people quit. And we kind of revere that and we admire that. Right? And we champion faith. Hey, have faith. Be faith. Be strong in the faith. But what we need to pay closer attention to is the fact that our faith, in order for our faith to even be usable, in order for our faith to even be a a, a thing, there had to first be the love of God. Because we were lost in our sins. And there was nothing we could do to change that situation. And thank be to God that we have a God who could do something, right? And who loved us enough to do something, right? Loved us enough, right? And so, and so now we have the love of God, God the Father, who sent his son to do for us what we could not do for ourselves, He lived the perfect life. He lived a sinless life. He he fulfilled the righteous requirements of the law. Fulfilled it all. And then died on the cross for us. Paid our sin debt. So he fulfilled the righteous requirement on the law on our behalf. And made a way for us to be right with God again. Right? So we have the love of the Father that will send his son to do that. We have the obedient son and the, and the grace. Through, through grace, lovingly, willingly sacrificed himself for us. And we have the Holy Spirit who, got, who, who does the sanctifying work in us that enables us to walk in this life that we have in Jesus. Are you hearing me today? And that God, each of those persons, they did the salvation work. All we had to do was accept the gift. And all we have to do is humble ourselves and walk in obedience. We need to obey God's word. We need to obey the leading of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes I think we look at the Holy Spirit as, you know, he is the the, the little brother that that, that's really nice, and he prompts us, and we can just do or not do. We can just, uh, we can dismiss or whatever. No, no, that's God. 
And when the Holy Spirit leads you, it's the same weight as the Word of God. Right? And so we need to be obedient and realize that God is doing a work in us and that the Holy Spirit is prompting me. Right? Then there is a work of God that, that, that's at play here that, that, that God wants me to humble myself and be, and be obedient to. Maybe he wants me to go through what he wants me to go through so he can accomplish and build something in me that needs to be built. Maybe there's something that needs to die in me. Maybe I'm prideful. Maybe I'm arrogant. Maybe I'm selfish or self-centered. Maybe, maybe I'm just wounded, and, and out of those wounds, I'm inflicting wounds on other people. And, and, and maybe God knows that I'm going to, uh, he's going to need to take me through something that's designed to make me face myself. He wants to hem me in and say, son, I, I, I have great things for you, but we got to deal with this first. But either way, you know, if Jesus were sitting here right now and he was speaking to each one of us individually, uh, I, I bet it would get a different reaction than the gentle nudge of the Holy Spirit. Because we'd be like, oh, my God, Jesus is talking. If G Jesus is face-to-face -face telling me, I dare not disobey. I'm telling you, if the Holy Spirit is prompting you, you need to have the same the same attitude, right? Because it, it's the same God dealing with you. And it's a part of the work of God in your life. Um, I am going to share one more scripture, and this will be, I guess, the doxology for the uh, the message here, uh, just to drive home the point. There's so many scriptures. But 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14 says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. You see, Paul acknowledged all three and he just didn't do it once or twice he did it all the time he acknowledged how they work and he is the apostle to the Gentiles he's making God known to them the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God that I talked about before and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. God the Father God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And Father, we thank you for all three.
Thank you that you have revealed yourself to us as Father, as Lord and Savior, as Holy Spirit. Jesus said that to his disciples, I must go. And it's for your benefit that I go, because if I don't come, the Holy Spirit will not come. It's to your benefit that he comes, because when he comes, he's going to convict the world of sin. He's going to lead you into all truth. The Holy Spirit will not deviate from the truth of God's word. The Holy Spirit will not deviate from God's will because that word is his own word. That will is his own will. Amen? And so uh, the, the beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit, Jesus was in one man's body. But the Holy Spirit is limitless. The Holy Spirit can, can, can be with any of us, all of us, anywhere at once and minister to us deeply and intimately in our individual situation. That is the majesty and amazingness of God, the wonder of God. The one who saves to the utmost. The blessed uh, Trinity. And I'm going to ask you all to stand. And I'm going to ask you to join me in uh, a hymn we haven't sang in a while and please help pastor out but it's holy 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 and and uh, we'll sing a couple of bars one of the bars ends with blessed trinity and uh, we'll just sing a couple of them holy 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 Lord God Almighty, early in the morning our song shall rise to Thee, holy, holy, holy. Merciful and mighty God in three persons, blessed Trinity God in three persons blessed trinity father god we thank you for how you've revealed yourself to us lord you are not a god that sits distant and uninvolved and uncaring about our lives but you are a god that's intimately acquainted with our ways and you care deeply about us and you love us, Lord. And, and Lord, you weep when we weep. You rejoice when we rejoice. And, and we thank you that we don't have 
a, a mediator, a Messiah, a Lord and Savior who, who cannot relate to the challenges of life, who cannot relate to the issues of betrayal and offense and, and, and unforgiveness and bitterness and abuse. Lord, you can relate to all of it because you've been through all of it. And so you can empathize, and you do empathize with us in everything that we go through. And you, but you also serve as inspiration for us because you suffered all of it and did not sin. And while we're not perfect, Lord, we can't say that we've been sinless in how we've handled everything, and, and, and we can't guarantee that we'll be sinless in everything we do going forward, Lord. But, 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 but we are encouraged and, and, and strengthened, Lord, that you paid the price for us. Because you overcame without sin, even in this less than perfect state, we can overcome too. Our situations and our circumstances will not be the master of us. Our imperfections and our failures will not define us. How we came into this world or our upbringing is not what marks us. The only one who can mark us is the one who created us. And Lord, you have every person here, every person here, and you have them marked for your purpose. You have them marked for the, the, the reason, the purpose you created them. You have them marked because they're your children. You know what you've deposited in each and every one of them. And it is your heart to see what you've deposited into them come to full fruition. Now, there is an enemy that doesn't want to see that. And he'll steal, he'll kill, he'll destroy. He'll wound, he'll try to, he'll try to uh, ruin you in your childhood. If he can't get you then, he'll try to ruin you as an adult. He does not want you knowing God's love for you. He does not want you being born again. He does not want you in right relationship with God. He wants you to suffer his fate. But Jesus died so you don't have to. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, the Father. Thank you, God, the Son. Thank you, God, the Holy Spirit, for your love, your grace, and your sanctifying work in our lives. Thank you that because of what you have done, you have made us more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Thank you. You've made us overcome the world. So we love you, Lord. We humble ourselves before you and we say, have your way. 
In Jesus' name, amen.